This is the Strategic Hot Box Reel with Dr. Brandy Love Stankovic. Remixing your favorite episodes and moments and giving you the tools to achieve greatness. It's time to kick some a- Today's topic, learn weird. Welcome back to the Strategic Hot Box. It's your girl, Dr. Brandy Stankovic. Thank you for being here. Today is potentially going to be one of my favorite episodes. Today we're going to talk about being a creativity Gangsta, unleashing your inner nerd, redefining success, the leadership rehab. You're weird. Are you ready to rock? Let's get started. Um, do you think it's cool to be nerdy? I don't know if cool is the right word. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's very useful, uh, especially if you know anything you want to be successful at, you have to really just completely immerse yourself in it. I feel Ooh, I like that. You have to just, you know, learn and know everything you possibly can about whatever business you're in or whatever, anything that you want to achieve. And I think in that sense, you know, being nerdy will help you be effective and help you be successful. And if you get really, really, really successful, like, you know, Bill Gates, and Mark Zuckerberg, then you can become cool. Ah, I see. So it's that level that, yeah, but you're right though. It's not always necessarily cool and it should be because the fact that I love your, your term immerse, because that's when you really have to go into that place of, of being in it, like really in it to win it. So when it comes to redefining success, success is probably one of the most intangible components of leadership in the fact that it is this elusive goal that we go after. And all of us have this vision of success, whether or not we've been able to to make it more tangible, where in saying this is what I want to achieve, or if we just have this, I want to be better. And whenever I hear someone say, I want to get better at, like, what does better mean? And how can you create a benchmark for that? And when you achieve that, how do you create an additional benchmark beyond that? And we've talked a little bit about that with Liz Grantham, one of our previous guests, in the fact of if you achieve success or once you get to this pinnacle, now what? We don't want to have it be a a fall downwards or a ride of, of just losing yourself after that. How do we continue to look forward in the future and what our next definition of success might be? Maya Angelou said, success is liking yourself, liking what you do, and liking how you do it. And I love that and the fact that it's part of the journey as much as it is the ultimate, the ultimate goal. And I've recently been listening to an audiobook called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. I don't know if you've heard this book, but it's it's fantastic. It's a little uh, grimy. It's a little, you know, kind of edgy. But it also has some really amazing points in talking about um, how much challenges are a part of success and the sweetness of success and the beauty that you'll feel in success in the ultimate end game. And that is you could finish a video game or get in some of the examples that he uses. You can finish a video game and feel good for a second. But having children and seeing their your children grow is a lot harder and the the feel good afterwards is a lot more beautiful and a lot more rewarding and so sometimes challenges are part of the success and help make the success taste even better in the end so tell us more about the yellow mentality okay so when i started the company i was looking for a name that really captured what it is i do but also something that was um catchy something that stuck and i found uh, through my research and through my um knowledge and psychology, I learned that every color has an emotion and a meaning. So yellow in psychology represents energy, positivity, consciousness, and your ability to stay positive. So I thought, and I, I, through all my 
studies, I know that that is essentially what it takes to reach peak performance. If you're energetic, you're positive, and um, you're focused on what it is that you need to do, that's what's going to help you reach peak performance. So I took the idea of yellow, the color, and mentality, which is your essentially your mindset. And that is, to me, the recipe of peak performance. So um, being blending those two ideas together and always saying, you know, you're about to go on a, onto the field. And instead of thinking about what might happen and all the negative things that can happen, switch that mindset, switch that perspective to a more positive one. And that could literally be the difference between playing your best game ever versus uh, choking or even getting injured. Because what we think about, we know what we think about is our reality. And if we're having negative thoughts before a performance or during a performance, our body will follow and mirror our mind. So that yellow mentality to me was a huge uh, indicator of what I do and, and how I do it essentially. So you used the term right off the bat that I'm not sure I know what it means. And what is a polymath, polymath, polymath? <laughs> oh, I just found this um, yesterday. I think I was reading articles on Medium. And so a polymath is someone who, you know, the old adage was being a, you know, jack of all trades, master of none, and mm -hmm. that that was bad. And now they are finding that people who are doing a lot of reading and become experts Dabble. in specific. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Tesla and Elon Musk and all these different people um, that they end up actually doing better and having this advantage over others when you are able to then be more innovative in the way that you think because you're bringing different aspects of one thing that may seem completely unrelated into this other area and you create something completely new which is really what behavioral economics even is, which I guess is part of why I was destined for the field. And today, in talking about creativity, I just, I love this topic. I love being creative. I love watching my beefcakes, my babies, be creative. And it's amazing how when little kids, they just unleash that creativity. There's no uh, regrets. There's no uh, kind of internal dialogue that they have about keeping them from being that way. And creativity is crucial. Creativity is crucial. And in, in leadership is crucial in business. Creativity is so important at home. It's important in bed. And it just is important everywhere. And so creativity has really ushered in this age of, of, disruption, of disruption and in and innovation. Organizations need to have more creativity. It's about thinking differently and it's about being different and, and embracing that. As a matter of fact, I was even thinking in preparation for this about that Apple Think Different campaign. And it's been years ago now, 15, 20 years ago, but that campaign. But the quote was, the ones who are crazy enough to think that they can change the world are the ones that actually do. And I love that. It's about just letting go and being, being open and willing to just be creative. And at some point, I feel like in the growth process some point as we become adults it just becomes stressful to to be creative that if i ask somebody to do something creative draw color you know do something different then people are so stressed like i'm not this person and why not why not just let go you don't have to be the best we're not asking you to become the next picasso we're asking you to just let go a little bit and unleash a little bit of your inner self and i look at creativity as no bullshit. And what I mean by that is creativity almost is accountability. It's about not being lazy. It's about, it's, it's like an approach to, to problem solving. And what I mean by that example of that is, have you ever been in a service situation and the person that's there, the service representative won't help you solve the problem that they're like, Oh, nope, sorry. 
nope, nope, we can't help you, sorry. And it's happened for me with flights. Like, for example, we've canceled your flight. Like, okay, well, I still need to get there. So why don't you help me get there? And so just finding, even with the reroute, just help me get to that ultimate destination. Let's be creative. And this weekend, I was actually at uh, Disneyland with my kids. And one of my, we went on Splash Mountain. And one of my children was completely soaked. And then after walking around for like an hour, he now is very uncomfortable walking in soaked uh, pants. And so we didn't want to walk back to our hotel or, or walk and shuttle and Uber back to our hotel. And so we, I decided, okay, I'm just going to go in the shop over in downtown Disney and I'm just going to buy him uh, a little pair of, of boxers and he'll be a bit more comfortable. And I walk in and I said, do you have any kids boxers? Nope. Nope. Sorry. Do you have any shorts? Nope. Nope. Sorry. And it's a clothing store and I see things around and I'm going, okay, well, could you help me kind of think this through? Right. And ultimately they ended up having men's boxers in extra small, which ended up being fine. They were like little shorts for him, but I had to like help him get to that process. And I was thinking to that, it's almost like a lack of accountability. There's no even opening open-mindedness. That's a, that's like a stop of creativity. And I really think that that happens so often in service that people aren't even willing to just open up the box and get to the results and helping people get to whatever problem that it is that they need to solve. And cre creativity allows us to do that, allows us to achieve growth and find unlikely uh, perspectives or open ourselves to kind of this diversity. The amazingness of one person almost creates pressure on ourselves, oh, right? for sure. But you also, in bringing up in this last piece, and the fact that, that sometimes the greatest pressure we have is our own competitiveness, our own pressure within. And so success then becomes this evolution as you continue to grow of uh, success now with kids might be just making it through a grocery store trip without killing someone, right? <laughs> Let's be honest. Yeah, for real. Um, but success could also end up being having them become, you know, the human that you, we know that they always were intended to be or, or something to that effect. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, success takes so many different forms when you're a parent. And I think that it's made me chill out a little bit mm -hmm. on that voice inside my head, maybe not a ton, but, um, you know, and you brought up a good point, Brandy, about money is not, money's not everything, mm -hmm. you know? And so I think success and the definition of really is unique to the individual individual. Mm -hmm. And I think happiness plays a big part in that. So you can have all the money in the world and be super, super successful, but are you happy? Mm -hmm. You know? Absolutely. So do you feel like that people ever uh, have this moment of realization of where they stop and go, okay, I made it. I'm here. I'm, I've gotten to success and, and we're good now. I'm sure they do. Um, you know, I, I kind of feel like the Jerry Maguire moment happened to me mm -hmm. uh, last year about this time. And I was just like, okay, I'm really successful. I'm making a ton of money. Um, I adore my clients, but dot, 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 right. I'm, I'm unhappy. Mm -hmm. So I'm the only person that can change that. So I, you know, changed it, changed it up. And um, taking that step back from a pay standpoint, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's just, it's about being happy and being true to yourself and doing what you want to do, not what somebody else is pushing you into doing. Right. Absolutely. So tell well, us, has there ever been an experience, a disaster or a lesson learned? Um, well, the lesson learned, I think for me, I, I don't know if I'd call it a disaster, mm -hmm. but um, you talk about leadership and, you know, I, I played volleyball in college at Arizona mm -hmm. and we were a club team, but we were a really, really good club team. We won national championships and we wow. had great, great players on the team. 
I was arguably the worst player on the team. <laughs> pretty safe to say. Um, and so I'd always kind of thought of the, the leaders of the team are the, the two or three guys that are the best players and they sort of lead and everyone else follows. But what I learned through that experience playing there is that that's not really true, that everyone on the team can lead. Um, you know, I could go up to the best player on the team and tell him something that maybe he could be doing better or if he's, if there's something the other team is doing that he's oh, not picking up on. Uh-huh. So it's really not about your position as a leader. It's, it's, I mean, anyone can display leadership and, and have that quality. Sure. Um, whatever your role is. So I, I thought that was a really good thing to, to take away. And to, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter what, you know, and that, that's important in leadership in general and things that we were talking about. The fact that you don't have to be a manager or leading people in order to be one of the most powerful leaders of a team or of a group. Then how did you then, so how does creativity and how did you end up using this to tap or help people to tap into their own? So I just kept drawing and the more I drew, the more I had to think about and the more I had to get at and figure out things. Creativity really spurred curiosity. Like you have to be curious and curiosity is not a skill or a craft or anything other than really like paying attention to information that sort of like sticks out or sticks to you. So creativity, I think, is more of a habit than any sort of innate way of being. Mm. So like, if you love math, you can dig into all things mathematical. And that's as creative, if not more creative, than making a painting or writing a play. And creativity is really all about the digging and the like wanting to know. Mm-hmm. And so can people force themselves to be creative? I think there is one super simple way to do it. And you have kids, so you know this happens all the time. But toddlers, they ask why, 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 four, five, six, seven times. And if we do that, when we're like, what is this? Why? Why is that? Why? And if you just keep going back to the why, Mm -hmm. that's creativity. That is actually how to build understanding and finding new things. And really being an annoying toddler is the best way to like (laughs) jump right into being like a really super innovative, like insightful person. Yeah. And challenging things is, is really part of creativity. Creativity doesn't always mean crayons. No, it just means being, being open to the idea that what you're seeing is not all that's there and trying to like claw through that or fiddle your way through into what an idea is and tinkering and taking it apart and putting back together. Like that's, that's really all it is. It's just that, that innate curiosity that if you just keep going with it, will give you everything. So how can leaders and people support one another in the journey to however they define success? I think as a leader, you're looked to, to set forth an example. So I would say like, I always want to set an example for my kids. And like I mentioned, our daughter Reese is 14. Mm -hmm. That's a really pivotal age in a young female's life. There's Mm -hmm. so much going on. There's so many hormones. There's, you know, nowadays the pressure for college is crazy. So I always bring it back to would, if I'm in a situation at work, would I want Reese to be in the situation? What would I want her to do? What decision would I want her to make? Mm, And I I want to lead her to, if she ever is in that position, make the right decision for her, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So I think it's a lot about leading by example mm-hmm. um, and maybe pushing a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, push the envelope because if you see something in someone that they don't see in themselves, push it a little bit, Absolutely. you know? 
Yeah. And I think that you said a couple of things there. The first is that sometimes stepping outside of ourselves is really important because we can get so wrapped up in all the voices in our heads, right? Oh, yeah. That stepping outside and say, what would I want my daughter to do in this moment is a perfect way. So if you, if those that are listening and watching have somebody in their lives that is important in that way to say, mm-hmm. if I step outside and say, what would I want my son? What would I want my employee to do in this moment? And then take your own advice that you'd give on to somebody else or that you'd yeah. want for that other individual. The, the other side of that is is advocating for each other. So we've talked about it before in other podcasts, but we have to, we can't be afraid to ask for support too when we need help and to ask other people that are around us and, and, and be able to push ourselves to have others around to push us and be able to do that for each kind of a give and take. Yeah. And that's hard for me. I don't know if it's hard for you, Brandy, mm-hmm. but I find myself last resort. I'm going to pick up the phone and call a lifeline. Mm-hmm. I'm not using that lifeline until I absolutely need to. Mm-hmm. So I think that pushing myself then hopefully makes me be a better leader, mm-hmm. you know? And right at this point, the only person I'm interested, the only people I'm interested in leading right now are my three Incredibles, my mm-hmm. kids, mm-hmm. you know? So then flipping that around and when I'm making decisions, would this make Jake... Reese Carter, would this make them proud? Right. And so tell us what is behavioral economics then? Behavioral economics, I like to say, is that if traditional economics and psychology had a baby, we would end (laughs) up with behavioral economics. It's And the reason it came about is because traditional economic models are built on assumptions of logical people making rational choices. And unfortunately, that's not really the world that we live in. That's not how people are. And so models would not accurately predict behavior. People can't say what they're going to do. They often do different things than what they say or think that they're going to do. And so psychologists and economists started working together or entering into one another's fields to try to find these common threads, these links in the brain uh, to see if there was a way that we could predict behavior and understand why people make the decisions they make and how that applies to buying decisions. And really, it's all decisions across the way that our, our brains make choices. And the good news is, while we are very illogical, uh, we are predictable. Yeah. So even in our weirdness, there is uh, some that, you know, like there's some predictableness, there's, it's, it's, that there's some mass to the weirdness. Absolutely. And it's it's very predictable in that. So if you think about your brain, mm-hmm. the, this is where it's weird. This is why I say that consumers are weird. People are weird. When you think about your brain and what it does, you know, it's powerful. You know, it's doing a lot of things. But all that you can really relate to, the only things when you think my brain does this, anything that comes up for you is in your conscious or cognitive brain space. Mm-hmm. And you know you have a subconscious brain, you know stuff's happening below the surface whether you know about it or not, but you don't really realize how much impact it's having. And the highest study that I've seen is putting the subconscious processing at 99.999% of your decision making for every person. Mm-hmm. The lowest I've seen is 95%. So 
if we say it's even just 99, that's a lot that's going on where your brain is making choices based on rules of thumb that it's set up over time, either we have as a species or that are pertinent to you in your own life. And you don't really realize what your brain is doing a lot of the time because it's using these rules to make choices. So why would I talk about unleashing your inner nerd when we're young? Now, if we're lucky, depending on where you are in the world, in the globe, if we're lucky when we're younger, our life revolves around learning and it revolves around school, right? As kids, we learn and we grow and we develop. It's the center of everything. It's the center of everything that we do. And again, if, if you've had that opportunity to do that, especially in the United States, we're, we're required to, in a sense, you know, from kindergarten through high school to, to go through and learn some of these fundamental skills. And so as such, you just become this being that's used to accepting and, and growing and, and learning different information. And then we get into adulthood and we're like, phew, thank goodness that's over. Right. And then we just never kind of go after learning in the exact same way. And so I think that our brain actually doesn't accept information. That's not scientific in the slightest, but this idea doesn't accept it in the same way. And so I even see it from a different and a higher level too. When I finished my MBA, my master's, I as soon as I got done, I'm like, oh man, I am never doing that again, right? It was like one of the hardest challenges I've ever done. And then I get done and I'm thinking, well, I can't, that's that's not who I am. And of course went on uh, 10 years later or so and got my doctor or whatever, but it just, it's this idea that you, you have to continue to go after it. You want to have learning be an ongoing journey. This lifelong learning cliche concept really has value in the fact that you want to to, to make your own continuing education. I love those professions that have those requirements of continuing education, right? So whether you're a lawyer or CPA, et cetera, and you have licenses that may require that. And most of the time people approach those, those classes as this have to do thing, eye roll, right? Of having to get, go back to school or having to finish or fulfill some requirement as opposed to an opportunity to stay relevant about staying on top of your game, being the best that you can be today, as well as the future and the year after that and the year after that. If you think away the, the, the impact that things like technology have on our lives and our business and our leadership, or the way that your role has shifted, I know that you, you may have heard this, but uh, that 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 quote that the kids that are in kindergarten today are going to work in positions that have not even been created yet. That kids that are in kindergarten today, so my my little dudes, my beefcakes that you've seen in the videos and podcasts, they're going to work in jobs that aren't even thought of yet, right? And if you think about that, even the jobs that you have, for those of you that are tenured at your positions, how much has changed and shifted in that area? And one of the things that we'll talk about with our subject matter expert today, he's in energy, how, how much that's shifting and the way that that's going to change over the next several years, right? And so some organizations come in and they revolutionize. Today, it is time for us to kick some ass. So here's top five kick ass. Number one, when it comes to redefining success is to reevaluate your perception of that. Listen, Listen to the voice in your head that's telling you to just slow down, to smell the roses, to understand, especially if you're a high-performing leader. If you're somebody out there that is trying to maximize success, that has a tough time asking for help, that it really thinks that they need to be the best part of their game in all aspects of their life, take a break. Give yourself a break and, and reevaluate your perception of what success really is.
Number two is know the message. Actually, what the message is and the ultimate result of getting that message across. If you know what that message is and how it's received, little things like numbers can make a big impact. Number three is expressing yourself, whatever that looks like. It doesn't have to be a crayon box. It doesn't have to be picking up a pen and paper. It could just be being frustrated, hitting that point of prod and knowing that it's time to be innovative, be creative. Number four is to review, reset, and reward. I think that we often forget to reward ourselves for small wins. We do this so much in our business and our leadership goals. We don't do it enough in our own personal leadership goals. So we want to reward the small wins. And the final one, number five, is to read. Jeremy talked about it in reading his trade magazines and journals and that type of thing. I talked about it, the fact that we're in this tweet society, we're, we're getting a little lazy when it comes to reading. Reading is essential. Read the books that are out there. Google things that you need to Google. Know what's happening in the world. Know what's happening in politics. Know what's happening in, in your life. This is your life. This is your chance. Now is the chance to go out there and to be the best that you can be in whatever field or growth that you're in. Just like Jeremy said, you don't have to be the manager or the boss in order to do this. You can be just a pretty kick-ass whatever position or leadership role that you're in. There's your top five kick-ass strategies. This is Lucy Davis live at Canvas Paint and Party in Helena, Montana. Come on in and paint with us. I just painted tonight with Brandy at Strategic Hotbox. Hi, my name's Tanya and I'm an educator in the fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. You're listening to my girl, Brandy Stankovic, on the Strategic Hotbox. And thank you to all of you for joining us and continue to join us on the podcast. If you want to hear us or, you know, give us any topics, things you want us to tackle on the podcast, head on out to the strategichotbox.com or hit us up on social media at strategichotbox on Insta or at brandylove, B-R-A-N-D-I-L-U-V on Insta or Twitter. Until I see you again, get out there and kick some ass.